Welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Good evening, Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends. You're very welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com. You can also find us on Facebook as the Talk Show for Talkers. And we welcome your comments, questions, feedback, and indeed evaluations. You can also listen to previous shows on our website, irishtalkers.com. We also publish the Public Speaking Weekly. And this is a roundup of links from the internet all about Toastmasters, confidence, public speaking, leadership. Look for the newspaper link on our website. And you should check out our website because there's a host and a plethora of incredible information there if you are serious about your Toastmastering. My name is Ted Melanfi and I'm joined as usual by the prolific Paul O'Mahony. Good afternoon listeners and uh, or should I say good evening listeners. Oh good morning it's, it's depending a, on where you morning. are. morning it's a pleasure to be here again this week. Yeah and the multi-talented Moira O'Brien. I'm multitasking today, Ted, rather multi-tasking. than multi-talented. Okay. Yes, I've decided that uh, it, it has to be uh, a multitask rather than a Because I have no talent. You see, I gave all my talents away. That's the thing at Toastmasters. You see, you give so much away yes. to but other people in Toastmasters. You do, actually. That it's, yeah. it's quite embarrassing when you find that you no longer have it because you've given it all away. Yeah, but I thought you were referring to a former life of yours when there were actually things called talents. But that's, that's, that, that is what I was thinking of, yes. <laughs> I, I didn't realise you'd lost your talons at all. <laughs> talons are talents. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was uh, talking about uh, no, something fine. that was inappropriate. No, nice no, play on words there. My talons. Yeah, Paul. well, I, I divorced them. Yeah, Paul is getting his fangs into things here already. So on, on this evening show, we have the usual mix of the thought or a thought for the week, a word of the week. We have, obviously, we have a superb piece from Paul, which will come up to us in part three, in section three. And Moira has, as usual, Moira is the anchor, and she finishes out in the fourth segment for this week's show. So that should be interesting. Well, yeah, that's, as always, Ted, I look to the internet. I didn't actually get this from our newspaper this week. Mm-hmm. I got this from an email from Craig Valentine. And this is a piece by Craig Valentine, and it's, it's all about phrases that you can use and that he uses in his public speaking. Super mentor to have, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And it's great that he listens to the talk show for talkers also. I like the way he interacts <laughs> with you, with emails and things. Indeed. And Paul, your third section, you're going to give us a... You're going to whet our appetites with your offering this evening? Ted, I found a very interesting article in this month's magazine. And it's all pretty well about how to have a good experience in a club. But it's got a few fresh ideas. Nice. So I thought it's actually called Prescription for Productive Meetings, which I suppose is off-putting for most of us who don't like getting prescriptions. True. So that should be very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. I think she's a doctor. I'm not sure. Prescriptions. <laughs> she must be. If she's given prescriptions. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, interestingly enough, she's a distinguished toastmaster, and her name is Jennifer. Uh, blank. B 
B-L-A-N-C-K. Anyway, we'll get around to that okay, eventually. Yeah. So people are listening over their ears perked. I have absolutely no doubt. And I am going to give you my thought for the week. And this thought for the week is, is given to us by one of the Stoics, Epictetus. If none of you ever heard who Epictetus? Epictetus. I say that again. <laughs> C-P-I-C-T-E-T-U-S. Epictetus. Gosh. It's a kind of a... Uh, kind of a, a tongue twister, all right. Epictetus, he was one of the Stoics. He's one of the Roman uh, all right. philosophers. He's not Epicurus, no? No, not Epicurus, Epictetus. All right, all right. right. So, and this is what well, he gave us. a good person there, Ted. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Let go ahead with this. And this is his offering. Yeah. He is a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not, but rejoices for those which he has. Didn't you give us some quote that was the equivalent of that? Well, it may have been the equivalent, but it wasn't, it wasn't that one. I remember saying to you something like, that's a recipe for accepting the status quo. Now, yes, that was, yeah, that was a, uh, Slightly yes. different. Yeah. Slightly different. Oh, so, I withdraw that remark. So, so, do you, so it, what Epictetus gave us, he is a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not, but rejoices for those which he has. I think that's wonderful advice. If you concentrate on the positive, positive, yeah. And if you if you concentrate all the things that are good in your life, but being human beings, I think our default system is that we think too much about the things that go wrong, rather than the, the millions of things that go right every day. Interesting point of view, Ted. I expect you're in the minority on a global scale with that. And you do come from, from a first world country where so many of the people have loads and loads of things and they have good reason to be uh, grateful for what they have. I wonder if you'd take the same point of view if you lived in uh, some impoverished country where some of the people had all of the things and most of the people had very few of the things. That's a very good question, Paul, because I believe I would. I would have exactly the same outlook because I grew up in a time when I was impoverished. Ah, you My parents were impoverished, our family was impoverished. I know what it's like and even then I always appreciated what we had. It mightn't have been much, but I appreciated it. Have you entered that speech in the international speech contest? No, not yet. I grew up in poverty. Well, there is a good first line. <laughs> I know. grew up impoverished. You come on uh, dressed yeah. in a three-piece suit. You look uh, fantastic and a million dollars. And you say, I grew up in poverty. But don't look at me now and think that I have a million dollars. Well, there you are. All I'm saying is that is a darn good first line. I grew yeah, up it in is, poverty. It is a nice line, And that's actually. a country in another land. All right. And, you know, this is one of the things that we say to each other as members of Toastmasters. You, how many Toastmasters clubs do you go into when you're having a conversation after over a cup of coffee? And somebody will say to you, there's a speech in that. <laughs> well, I think there's even a bit of, you know, Ted Melanthe <laughs> wisdom in that. And you know what? It, it's not only... It isn't only confined to Toastmasters. True. You could go into a pub with your mates and start off the conversation. Guys, I grew up in poverty. Yes. And, you know, I'm thinking of publishing the book where I come over these sayings, even though they wouldn't all be my sayings. Well, there you are. Title of the poverty book. Poverty next to Patney. 
Is that un, is that in the, the dictionary? <laughs> no, Putney is. Uh, the people of Putney are <laughs> pecuniary. Pecuniary. Okay, guys, I'm in a mood for just throwing words around on this thing. I'm clearly, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about being fierce and full of hate. I don't know what use a word that is refers to being fierce and full of hate is. And, but I do know that there are some things that can affect your body which are dangerous and spread very quickly, especially poison. Mm, it's an interesting um, one. So you mm. might be looking for a word like that, perhaps even after you've had a wasp sting. Yes. And the word mm. of this week is virulent. Virulent. V-I-R-U-L-E-N-T. And it me, it's an adjective, although there is a noun called virulence, but mm. we'll stick with the adjective. And it's, it means a dangerous and spreading quickly. That's interesting. No, that's very, and the reason I find this very interesting, Paul, is that I read a case yesterday of a gentleman in Australia who was at a party with his friends, and at the party there was a deer, D A R E, not a D E E R, a D E A R, a deer, D A R E, like Dan Dare. Yeah, and he was deered. Everybody at the party were who will be the first person to swallow a gecko. A gecko is like a little lizard. He put his hand up, he swallowed it, and he was dead in two weeks. But he won the he won the prize. I, well, I don't you know. I don't you know whether he won the prize or not. But this, this is not a funny situation. He actually died. Apparently, this, these geckos and, and I suppose lots of little things like that where you might be taken on there. He has a poison running through him, which is the most virulent form of salmonella. Oh, wow. Oh, and wow. they did everything they could to save him, but he died. And this gentleman had five children. Well, I think, oh, God, it's very tragic, and mm -hmm. we shouldn't, I shouldn't be thinking no, no, but I can about that, it. Yeah. But if I just tell you that as a health and safety man, I'd expect you to be urging people to put signs on geckos to say, do not eat the gecko. Well, I'm back to putting it out there. No, actually, we do hear of people eating the frog. You might get it from a frog as well. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. So I interrupted you. Something you can also talk, I think, Ted, about there are some virulent ideas going around in this community. And you could thereby be saying there are some dangerous and rapidly spreading ideas going mm -hmm. around this community. And it would be it it is a a word that in that sense enriches the language. So if you were to say to people there's some dangerous ideas spreading around Ireland, you're using ordinary words. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with them, but they are ordinary. If you said there's some vir virulent ideas spreading in this room, people would, I think, be a little bit more intrigued by what is he going to say as an example. Yes. So you could say, for example, there are people in Ireland who think that we have bad weather. And this is a dangerous idea. It will undermine our tourist industry as a dangerous one. And it spreads quite rapidly because uh, people go around moaning about our weather. So there's a virulent idea. And, and obviously the listeners can think of worse ones. Now to talk 
with, uh, in a virulent manner about somebody is a slightly different meaning because it means that you actually hate them and you talk in a fierce way about somebody. So virulent, you know how hate is not a nice word to use? Yes. Like it's not nice to speak, to say, I, I hate somebody. But you could say, I think of that person in a virulent manner. And I think you'd get away with that. I don't think that you'd be expelled from your local Toastmasters club because you said that you had a, you know, you were virulently opposed to traffic lights or something like that. But if you started using the H word, there'd be some people who would accuse you of <coughs> violating the Toastmaster's promise. I mm -hmm. think you meant vehemently rather than virulently opposed in that um, phrase you used. Would you? Can you use virulently well, in, no, a, more in opposition? You're, you're asking a question which is very unfair to throw at me <laughs> and ask me to distinguish the difference between vehemently, which I actually think has more to do with emphasis. It is, emphasis. Emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. Virulently is not... Well, it is in the sense that fierce is with emphasis, but it's much, much stronger. Yeah, but he what, I, what I'm questioning is the use of virulently with virulent opposition, as opposed to I. You see, I think that You're what taking you all the context, were, yeah. what you were meaning to say was vehement opposition rather than virulent, because I, I can't see virulent being used as a preposition to opposition. Well, let us, <laughs> let us leave it to the listeners to practice looking up in, you know, delving into their own vocabulary and deciding whether it would be better to say virulently opposed or to say vehemently opposed. I think actually that of the two words, vehemently is more common and virulently is more interesting. Mm, it's a nice word. On the other hand, you probably have to explain virulently. It's obnoxious. I'm so, looking at the descriptions here in, in the dictionary that I use, and it says, actively poisonous, mm. intensely noxious, a virulent yes. insect bite. Mm. Med medical, highly infective, bacteriological, causing clinical symptoms, violently or spitefully hostile. Ah, you see there bitter, it is, spitefully mm. hostile. Yeah, and does that work with... Well, here's with a quotation. Uh, here's a quotation quoted in the uh, dictionary that I've consulted. Mm -hmm. By mid-century, the dispute had apparently become even more virulent. And that definitely yeah, yeah. means it had things had been ratcheted up. At last, there was a large enough population of susceptible hosts to sustain the most virulent organisms. Well, I think we should, you know, we should adjourn the discussion of virulent and vehemently virulent. Will vehemently bring the, the, the section to a close? Why not? Let's do that. And we'll see you again in the next segment. Tomorrow at the same time. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every week in sections at 4pm every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.